This is Crowcast, the podcast from Crow in the UK, a leading audit, tax, advisory and risk firm with global reach and local expertise. In our podcast, you will hear from our specialists, offering insights and pragmatic advice to businesses of all sizes, professional practices, non-profit organisations, pension funds and private clients. Welcome to the latest episode of Crowcasts. I'm uh, Justin Elks, Risk Consulting Partner with Crow in the UK. I help my clients to build purpose-led, long-term sustainable businesses that survive and thrive in complex, often ambiguous and uncertain business and regulatory environments. In this series, we'll be talking about sustainability as an important strategic business goal. To discuss this top topic, so big we've carved it into a three-part series, I'm delighted to be joined by Roger Griffiths. Rogers Avalanche Andretti's team principal ahead of the start of the 2022 Formula E season. Formula E is the leading global championship for electric motorsports. It's also the first and only sport, I believe, to be certified net zero carbon footprint from inception. But sustainability is now an important goal for all businesses. Rogers has been active across Andretti Autosports since 2014 in motorsports development. He leads the Banbury UK-based Formula E and Extreme E operations and has led Andretti Formula E to seven wins and 17 podiums across seven seasons. Welcome, Roger. Thank you, and uh, thank you very much for having me. As we said, we're going to be looking at the importance in this instance of linking sustainability to purpose and strategy to really embed principles and make a difference. Roger, while, while most companies currently are having to embed sustainability over time, Formula E has been net zero from inception. How did this impact the way you set up the team and got things off the ground? I mean, to be honest, in some ways, it makes it a little bit easier because we never had to transition from perhaps a, a championship that was never really had sustainability. It's one of its core principles. So for us, when, when you set out on a path and one of the strategic goals is the sustainability, the environment, um, climate change, that's kind of front and center with everything that you do. So it, it, it made it a little bit easier for us, I would say. And it, and it certainly affected how we approached our business operations. Um, I mean, motorsport at the end of the day. Whilst it is a sport, it's a business, and it's also about entertainment. So we we have tried to factor that in with each of the activities that we do. And, uh, you know, just simple things. We, as an organization, while our headquarters is based in the UK, we're actually spread across Europe. So rather than fly people around, for the last seven years, we've utilized video conferencing. It's not just since, you know, the inception of COVID, we've been doing it <laughs> yeah. the whole time. Um, so it's sort of been very core to us. We, you know, we, we travel a lot. So we think about what does that mean? How do we travel? Is it really necessary to travel? Um, you know, we're not doing it because we're trying to minimize human contact. We're trying to do it because we think about what does our carbon footprint look like? Um, what does our expenditure look like? If we're not spending money unnecessarily, we're not being wasteful there. We think about how much we take around the world. I mean, Formula E is an international championship. We, we travel the globe, you know, we've been to pretty much every continent, I think, bar Australia. So, you know, we have to think about that and 
you know, when somebody tells me it's approximately $20 a kilo to fly something, you think long and hard about how many kilos of freight you take around the world. And if there's an opportunity to reduce the amount of freight, well, that one saves me money and two, it saves jet fuel, which then, you know, has a direct impact on our sustainability approach. So it's, it's a mindset that we've had from day one. So it, it, it really hasn't been too much of a challenge once you've just got on board with the fact that this was the core principle of the championship. Okay. No, thanks. And, and I suppose what you've got is you've got the, the fact that you're, what it sounds like you're doing is you're measuring the financial impact, but also the sustainability impact and looking at the metrics alongside each other. Uh, yeah. I mean, they're both pretty both much the regulations. Yeah, they they go hand in hand with with each of us. I mean, we you know we consider how many people we take to the races. I mean, the championship actually imposes a limitation on the number of personnel that we're allowed to bring. Yeah, um, that means that we have to look at how we function as an organisation, how we operate. What are the necessary people that we need to take? What jobs cannot be done remotely versus what jobs have to be done or can be done away from the racetrack. So we, for example, we have an operations room, uh, remote from the racetrack, people that have direct access to what we're actually doing. Data is being transferred to them. They're able to look at it. They're online with us virtually via an intercom system. So it's like they're there with us, but we haven't put them on an airplane. We haven't had to put them up in a hotel. We haven't had to, uh, cater for them at the racetrack. So. It, it, you know, it has a measurable impact in the way that we operate and, and the way that, uh, you know, our carbon footprint is impacted on, on the whole operation of the race team. Excellent. Interesting lessons, I think, for other organizations to, to think about there in terms of, um, how you set up your operations and think about that. And how do you do, how do you set targets and plan to continue to improve your performance on sustainability from where you are today and what are the areas you're now focused on from a sustainability perspective i think it's happened in in two ways so as part of the championship um membership application if you like we have to meet a certain level of environmental accreditation and uh this is set by the fia which is the world governing body of motorsport and they have three different stages from a basic, we recognize that we're in a sustainable championship. We recognize that we need to make a difference. We're not really sure what we need to do, but we we're open-minded about making improvements through to we're fully committed and we're actually making efforts to change it. So for us, step one was we, we went about it in a slightly different way. Um, back in the summer, we achieved ISO 14,001. Um, status for the Formula E team. So one of the first Formula E teams to do this. Um, we thought that that was a better route because it was a more structured platform to achieve this environmental management um, status. We have then used that as a fast track process to get us to the FIA level three accreditation, which we're in the process of completing. But during the course of this journey, we started to look at how can we actually see if we've made a difference. We can write a lot of fancy words about what it is that we're doing, but how do we measure it? 
And, you know, just a simple thing like, okay, so we're going to change out all the light bulbs in the building from old fluorescent tubes to LEDs. Now, we actually can look at our electricity bill and see the difference. We can look at if we put better seals and all the roller shutter doors, keep the doors closed more frequently. What does our heating bill look like? So we can track this on a month-by-month basis and actually determine the steps that we're taking to improve our uh, performance as a company from a sustainability perspective are actually happening. And if they're not, we then have an opportunity for corrective action. If we see something going in a different direction, we can then actually go out there and look at it. So we use real data, just like we use real data with the racing car. We, we have a phrase in motorsport, the data that never lies. You know, the driver might tell us one thing, but when you look at the data, the data doesn't lie. And, and this is what we're using to track um, what we're doing from an environmental perspective. The next step for us is, can we take this approach and go across the entire Andretti organization? So Andretti Formula E is just one relatively small part of Andretti Autosport. You know, we have a fairly large headquarters in Indianapolis here in the US. And can we bring all of that mindset, that philosophy to the US and actually make a, a difference there as well? So. You know, these are the processes we're taking, and this is sort of the path that we're on. Excellent. And from from what you're saying, then you see, it's interesting because we're recently going through um, with Crow UK and helping to um, um, to get us to a commitment to to SBTI and science based targets. Uh, so, from what you're saying, I think you'd see defined standards as key then in relation to sustainability to help you to to set set a direction of travel and to measure how well you're you're doing against it yeah i would think so i think there also needs to be within those defined standards some parameters sorts of knobs that you can tune to look at your specific industry for example because not you know one size doesn't always fit all i i think having um some guidelines is is very very good and then you look at your specific industries your specific application and say, okay, these things work for us, these things don't work for us. I mean, it was just the same when we went through the ISO 14001 process. There were some things that were very, very relevant to us. And then there were other aspects. It was like, doesn't apply to us because we, we don't operate in that area. So, but having the targets is always good and it always holds you accountable. And, and I think this is what this is all about. Okay. Well, that's good. And if you were, a lot of the focus of, of my clients at the moment is, it's building that plan to transition to net zero. If you were, if you were in my shoes, advising companies on how to do that, well, what would the learnings be from your experience? How would you suggest they go about that? I, I think it's taking things in manageable chunks. You know, our experience has been if you if you try and do it all at once, you can be a little bit overwhelmed by it all. I, I think it's set mm. yourself some achievable goals during the process, um, work, set a plan for what you're going to do, how you're going to measure it. Don't just forget about it. You know, it's not, it's been like doing your homework when you were 14 years old, don't put it off until the last minute. And then suddenly on the, the night before it's due, you have to pull an all nighter to, to get it accomplished. Yeah. You, you, you've got to set a plan. You've got to set targets. You've got to make people responsible for it. It doesn't necessarily have to be their core role. 
but also break it up into areas within the organization, get on board people from different groups. So you don't just give it to one person who then has to go and fight battles within other departments. Bring a representation from each of those departments, create a, a committee, if you like, who have the responsibility for achieve, achieving that. And then, you know, so you're getting buy-in. And one of the things that we found was that there, you know, I don't want to call them eco-warriors or, or tree hoppers or whatever within the, the, the company, but you find people that are equally passionate about this and they can actually, you, you may not know who they are. And it's not until you start this process that these people sort of come out of the woodwork, get them involved, listen to them, and they might have some really great ideas. And then, you know, what you have to do is you have to have support from the executive team. If you don't have support from the executive team, then, you know, unfortunately you've got a real uphill struggle because they have to believe what you're trying to do and they have to be prepared to buy into what you're doing. And to support you, because there are going to be some difficult times, there are going to be some difficult decisions that may have financial consequences to the company as well as perhaps just organization changes. So you you need that support, but you know it, it it's a process. It's not turning a light on and off and seeing it change overnight. You have to step by step get there. And then I think when you look back in six or twelve months' time, you will be able to see measurable differences to what you have achieved and, uh, you know, hopefully by the end of that, and whether it's a six month, 18 month, 36 month plan that you had, when you get there you'll be like, wow, we achieved a lot. And, uh, you know, ultimately maybe you've reached your goal of reaching net zero. Excellent. And we, we spent a lot of time um, today talking about, um, issuing the climate aspects, um, to sort of broaden things out a bit to sort of focus on this and ESG, how, how is your sport seeking to make its ocean impact um, to promote inclusivity and, inclusivity and diversity? Yeah, I mean, it, for us, it's, I mean, if you look at motorsport, historically, it's been white male dominated. You know, that's our fan base. Those are the people mm. who work in it. Um, but there are more and more initiatives trying to look at the inclusion of a much broader range. You know, I think there's been quite a few initiatives about encouraging women to come into the sport. Mm. I mean, women have been involved in the sport in the typical roles have been PR, marketing, um, client services, those kind of soft touch roles, um, maybe more personality driven, but really the focus I think we started to see is bringing women into the engineering roles, you know, STEM has become a big buzzword within the, the education industry, really encouraging young girls to think about engineering or technology as a career rather than perhaps some of the more traditional, um, outlets. And so the Formula E has really worked on a number of female driven initiatives. So girls on track or dare to be different have been a couple of the very um, prominent ones where they bring young school children, young girls to the racetrack. You know, we get to talk to them. We interact with them. Um, we tell them about what motor racing is like, what it's, what it could be f- for them as a career. Um, there are many different engineering opportunities, computing opportunities. I mean, as, as Andretti, we've actually employed several female engineers through the time that I've been involved in the Formula E program. 
And it's very interesting to have that female opinion. It's very different. They function very differently. And particularly when you start taking a mixed group around the world, it's a very different dynamic that you have compared to, say, an all-male group that you take around the world. And I, I think it's been very positive for the team. I mean, we've been the only team in Formula E to run a female driver for season when we had Simona Del Silvestro with us. So it, it, it's been something that's coming. I mean, more recently through the Hamilton Commission, so set up by Sir Lewis Hamilton, they have really focused on identifying opportunities for more uh, minority groups from disadvantaged areas, for example. So particularly focused on the sort of 18 to 25 year olds, people from you know, minority backgrounds, not just females, but males as well. Um, perhaps from, you know, less privileged types of families growing up in, you know, inner cities, uh, in the projects as we would refer to them here in the U S so trying to include those people as well. So there's, there's a lot of initiatives coming and I think, um, it's something that we're going to see some change over the next few years. So that that has been quite important about bringing people into the the sport. I think from the other aspect, it's you know we talk about legacy. We talk about um, what can we do to make where we race a better place. So you know I, I'm, yeah. I'm focused. You know we, we're predominantly talking about Formula E here, but my my other role is on extreme e. so that's a championship where we we race around the world in parts of the planet that have already been damaged, and, mm. and what we're doing there is, you know, we can't turn a wave a magic wand and fix it, but what we can do is highlight the issues that we have around yeah. the world, bring it to people's attention, and perhaps make you know people have a greater awareness, and you know it, it's very easy to sit here in a studio in London or, or at home in Los Angeles where I am and, and just say, well, how is this really impacting me? What does one degree change in temperature uh, mean? But when you go to Greenland and you're standing on the glacier and watching the glacier just melt underneath your feet, it really brings it home. Yeah, so, yeah, it's, so for us, what we've tried to do is to we go there, we race, but when we leave it, we try and leave something behind that makes a meaningful difference. So when we were in um, in Senegal, the, the focus really was on deforestation of the mangroves. And what is the social economic impact of losing the mangrove forest? And what does that mean to the villagers, to the, the changing of the, the salt content within the water? What does that mean to the fishing? What does that mean to the economic situation? So we were out there planting mangroves you know it sounds like a, such a simple thing but the the chain of events that uh, um you know a, a massive mangrove forest could uh, leave for that part of the world is very significant so by bringing in all of these legacy opportunities i think that really as part of what we do with racing can really help promote the activities and we were listening to the the scientists talk about um, the communication aspect of what it is that they're trying to do. And, you know, yeah. they go out there, they can write a paper, it gets reviewed by all their peers, but they're really preaching to the converted, you know, and a thousand people read it and they think they've done really well. But through our social media impact, we have 
hundreds of thousands or millions of followers mm. that we can reach. And if we can start to share their message, then perhaps we can really make a difference and reach, you know, new people that perhaps would never have thought about if it had not been brought to light by the fact that we've actually gone to race there. So, you know, Formula E is doing this, they're, they're focusing more on the cities and, you know, talking about smart cities and the future of mobility and what does that mean? Transportation access to all, um, but in a cleaner way and extreme is talking about, you know, perhaps the bigger global picture of climate change. So. Uh, there are lots of things going on here that really look at what is the social impact to the sport that we're involved with. That's great, Roger. Thank you. I think that kind of brings this, this first episode to a close. I think a lot of really good takeaways there. Thank you. I think probably three, three certainly stuck in my mind. I think the, the fact that it's a long-term process, taking it in chunks, setting yourself achievable goals, I think is pretty key. I think what you just brought home in the last example is really focusing on where you can make a difference as, as an organization. Um, that was, that was some great examples there. Thank you. Yep, yep. Uh, but also I think you use the word mindset a few times through the, the conversations. And I think it, you know, there's, there's a process side to this, but I think, you know, I think what you've illustrated is the importance of getting the mindset right. Um, yeah. and that really helps to, to achieve things. Um, well, Roger, thank you very much for your, your insights. Um, Join us next time for the second episode in our series, um, where Roger and I will be focusing on how sustainability has a significant upside in driving performance and innovation. And if you have any questions on the topics Roger and I have discussed, I'd be more than happy to speak with you. So please feel free to get in touch. It'd be great to hear from you. Thank you. Thank you. Goodbye. Tune in next time for another episode of Crowcasts. For more information about Crow, our services, industries we devise, and insights, visit crow.co.uk. We are an independent member of Crow Global, one of the top 10 accounting networks in the world. You can connect with us on social media by following Crow UK on LinkedIn or at Crow UK on Twitter.